our feet. serve a God that can personalize our healing. We can all have different issues, but the Lord can touch us in the midst of all of us struggling with different stuff. That's good news. Romans chapter 14, verse 14. And whenever you have it, if you could just stand to your feet. Romans chapter 14, verse 14. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. It says, and now I know I am convinced in the Lord that nothing is unclean in itself. If somebody thought they were unclean, tell your neighbor I'm clean. But to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. But with your food, him whom Christ died. Therefore do not let what is good of you thing be spoken evil of. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I pray somebody walks out righteous, somebody walks out with peace, somebody walks out with joy this morning. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. 
So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up. Somebody say edifying of one another. I want to read verse 19 again. So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up or the edifying of one another. As you take your seat, tell your neighbor, I'm anointed to edify. I'm anointed to edify. Ali, I want to tell you something, and I want to say this publicly. The Bible says that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. I want you to know because of your very step to come up and ask for prayer, God is drawing near to you. Amen. Whatever you need him to show up, he's going to begin to show up in your life. Amen. Amen. I want you to know that it makes no sense to be connected to a body of believers and not be built up by that body. Tell your neighbor, I need to be built up. Edified, edified. This is why Paul declares these words in the latter portion of 1 Corinthians 14, 26. He says, let all things be done for edification. That that means all that we we do should edify one another and all of us at some point in this journey need to be edified. Y'all heard what I just said? As as long as I'm connected to a body of believers, all that I do should cause somebody to be edified and at some point I need to be edified myself. I believe many of us came in this morning needed to be edified. And, And watch what this word edify in our foundational text means. It's the Greek word which means to build up Watch this as a suitable dwelling place place for God. What, what, what a weight that our anointing carries that we play a role in building up one another so that God might dwell in them. That, that's, that's good news to me, y'all. I don't, I don't know about y'all, but that's a significant role that we've been given. But here's the sad tragedy. I think the testimonies of many that they feel that the church has built them, beat them down more than it has built them up. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many people go to churches looking to be built up, but they get beat down. Somebody say the devil is a lie. They, they, they receive more condemnation than counsel. Somebody say beat down. They, they see, receive more criticism than comfort. Somebody say beat down. And then it leaves them in a place where they feel confined in isolation rather than fitly connected to the body of Christ. Somebody say beat down. You, you got folk that feel like they can't come in church because the church has beat them down. Void of edification. Yet our very presence in the life of another, watch this, should cause them to be made better. If, if I'm a believer, if I'm anointed to edify, as soon as you get in my presence, you should be made better. You should be made better. So the question we got to ask ourselves is who is made better by our presence in their lives. Y'all know some people like to run from our presence rather than felt like they've been made better. And, 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 and not only that, is our, pleasant, our presence, watch this, pleasing to others. In other words, is someone edified by their encounter with me? Because hear this, as a believer, all those that I encounter should be made better as a result of their interaction with me. How many of us have that testimony that as soon as I encounter another believer, they're made better? 
as soon as my presence or my interactions with them, they walk away saying I've been made better. I don't know if we can give that testimony of all of our encounters. That means souls should be inspired, hope should be instilled, and faith increased. Somebody say edify. And watch this. The only reason that I want souls inspired, hope instilled, and faith increased so that the spirit may indwell. I want to create a suitable dwelling place for another that the spirit might dwell in them. I've been called to edify. That should be our testimony because we're anointed to edify one another. But the question I got we got to ask ourselves is how then do we build one another up to the point that they serve as a suitable dwelling place for God? This is where we find Paul encouraging believers in Rome. And it's interesting that Paul gives this message to those in Rome because notice this. They were recently delivered from paganism. Somebody say paganism. What, what, am, what am I trying to say? The, the Roman culture was one that worshipped many gods. So these were believers that came out of the world and they did not know how to appropriately serve Christ. What am I trying to say? They don't need to know your church doctrine, your church dress code, or your church dances to be edified. Many times when people just come out of the world, we don't know how to handle them the right way. All right? So we sent them in places of obscurity. We, we say that you can't come in the church house looking or smelling like that because they were used to being in the world and they know nothing about our church doctrine. And many churches will put their doctrine, watch this, as a weight on other believers because they just came out of the world. Tell your neighbor the devil is a lie. So, 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 so they, these, these were Romans who had just been delivered from paganism. But notice this as well. Paul begins Romans 14 with addressing pride because where there is pride, you will never be able to edify. What, what, what do I mean? Many of us as believers start acting brand new when we receive new information about God. What, 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 what am I trying to say? When, when, when I got a new revelation, I, I, I put down others who have not got to that level in God yet. So I assume that everybody should be on this level that God now has me on. And anybody that's not in this place where I am is not good enough to be edified. So I condemn them because they haven't reached this level in God. Somebody say pride. So, so, so we see this paganism. We see that they were just delivered from paganism. We see that he, Paul was addressing pride. And notice this, Paul, before Paul gives us our exhortation in verse 14, he says this in verse 7. For none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. That means edification requires people. What, what am I trying to say? Therefore, those of us who don't do people will never be able to edify anybody. You know, you got folk that don't do people. I don't do people. I just want to come in and get my fix and get out. You'll never be able to edify. Tell your neighbor, the devil is a lie. I, I wanted to get those things out because we need people. All right, and when you don't um, do people, you can't edify and neither will you be edified. Tell your neighbor, I need people. We can't allow somebody's history with paganism, our battles with pride, our inability to be around people to get in the way of our anointing to edify. Now let's examine the text so we can understand what it means to build one another up. 
our anointing to edify. Let's look at verse number 14. It says, I know and I am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Here's the first thing. Until we reach or catch this revelation that all believers have been justified, we'll always negate our anointing to edify. I'm, I'm, uh, y'all y'all got to stay with me. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to know, we've got to affirm their justification. What, what, what do I mean? The moment that we confess and call upon his name, we're made clean. Y'all know we got all kind of rules before we deem somebody clean. And God says, as soon as you call upon my name and confess that I'm Lord over your life, I'm made clean. That's good news to me, y'all, that, 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 that I don't have to get my life together on day one to be made clean. And many of us, we don't know how to edify people because they're still in their sin. And God says they're justified. Somebody say justified. And so here's this. That means I don't need to go to your new members class to be made clean. I don't need to know your doctrinal beliefs to be made clean. And watch this. I don't even need a personal meeting with the pastor to be made clean. As long as I confess and call upon his name, God says I'm clean. Somebody say justified. I'm, I'm, I'm justified. And watch this. This is why Romans 10, 13 declares, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Somebody say shall. So, so here's this, it does not matter what people call you when you know what he calls you and that you've called upon his name. I, I, I've had to learn this on this journey. I, it, it don't matter what people call me when, as long as I've called upon his name and that he's called me. When I know what he's called me, I'm good, y'all. And many of us get wrapped up in the fact that people call us this, they call us this, and because they know us based upon our history and not what God has called upon us. I'm, I'm, I'm justified. Tell your neighbor I'm justified. And, and, and notice this, there are sometimes, sadly, when you have to edify yourself. You know, when when David said, encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes I got to edify myself in the Lord. Because people will deem you based on what you used to be. And as long as I call upon his name, I'm clean. Tell your neighbor, I'm clean. And, and therefore, we edify one another. Well, well, I want you to catch this. Here's one of the things that many believers um, find ourselves guilty of. We believe we've been charged with the task of discerning and determining one's level of spiritual cleansing. We, we, somebody say spiritual police. We, we've got too many folk that are serving as spiritual police and tell your neighbor that's not in the Bible. That, that, that's, that's not in the Bible because while you're wasting your time discerning one's deeds, God has already determined that they've been justified. We, we got too many investigators, y'all. Uh, no, no, Pastor Keith, you better watch that one. You better watch. Ooh, I know that one from my former church. I don't care what you know from your former church. I want to know what God has determined for their life. And many times, we, 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 we ostracize people based on our investigation of them. Instead of asking God, what have you de determined for their life? They and God will always say they've been justified. And watch this. Watch what Romans 3.28 declares. I believe we got it on the screen. 
It says, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith. Watch this. Apart from the deeds of the law. Somebody say, apart from deeds. Therefore, we edify one another when we can simply declare over another's life what God has already determined. So before we edify one another, we've got to ask ourselves, what has God determined concerning their lives? That, that, that's the question. Before you try to build somebody up, before you try to counsel somebody in the Lord, ask God, what have they de- what is he determined concerning their lives? And here's what I want you to know. Justification determines we have peace. Justification declares we have protection. That's Romans 5 and 9. Peace is in Romans 5 and 1. And justification declares that we are predestined. That's Romans 8.30. Yet how many times, watch this, have we denied another of their peace, protection, and predestination because we deem them, watch this, unworthy of God's justification? We, 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 we deem people unworthy. No, you can't sit there, girl. No, you can't come into church right now. No, you can't talk to the pastor until you get on, on, on his calendar. And then we miss out on somebody, watch that, that need to be built up. And then they walk out, and we miss an opportunity, and who knows if that's the last time we'll ever see them. Tell your neighbor, I've been justified. I've been justified, I've been justified. And and this is why Paul begins verse 14 of our foundational text with these words. I know and I'm convinced in the Lord that in Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Because as long as another find themselves in Christ, watch this, then I can be confident and convinced that they are also clean. That, 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 That means justified. Somebody say justified again. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So watch this, not in your church, not in your Christian circles, not attached to certain clergy in Christ. Y'all got to catch what I just said. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what Christian circles you connected with. I don't care who your clergy is. I just want to know, are you in Christ? And if I can find you in Christ, I know you've been justified. And you're eligible, watch this, to now be edified. How many of us have beat people down because they, they went to a certain church? How many of us have been found guilty of beating people down because of the certain Christian circles they were associated with? How many of us have beaten people down because of the clergy they were attached to? While their justification, watch this, comes from Christ and in Christ alone. Our anointing to edify requires that we affirm their justification. So my first thing is, we've got to affirm people's justification. Tell your neighbor so they know. They might not know, y'all. They they might see because I ain't got on the right thing. Y'all say, what Pastor Keith got on with this little African shirt he got on? I don't know if he clean today. Somebody tell your neighbor, I'm clean. I've been, I've been justified. Now let's look at verse 15 and 16. It says, For if because of food, because y'all know we'll call people not justified because of what they got on, right? Maybe that's all they got. Verse 15 and 16 says, for because of food, your brother is hurt. You are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken evil of. Watch this. Our justification gets us in the race, but our place in the race is determined by our own personal journey. 
I hope y'all just caught what I just said. I don't want that to go over y'all head. I said our justification, when God says we're now justified, it gets us in this journey called faith. All right? But my place in the journey is determined by my own personal journey. Y'all staying with me? All right? I want y'all to stay with me. So, 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 so hear this. We all have a different pace and place in this journey called faith. So if I want to edify another, I've got to acknowledge their journey. Somebody say, acknowledge my journey. And watch this. Even if I join the race later than you, it does not make my race less significant. All right? Therefore, our anointing to edify requires that we acknowledge another's journey. I hope y'all stand with me because y'all know if I'm not on the same level as you in this journey, people will beat me down concerning that. I know that you can fast for a whole week. I'm just trying to pray for one hour. All right? And then we beat folk down because we find them in another place and watch this, in another pace in the journey. Tell your neighbor, I need to be edified. Edify me so I can get to the place where you are. Come on, y'all. Tell your neighbor, I need to be edified. All right? So, so therefore, watch this. Watch what Paul declares in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. It says, do, do you not know that those who run in the race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So he, what, what Paul is really trying to say, our heavenly prize is received by those who finish. Somebody say finish. In other words, it's not how fast we run. It's not if we get first place. It's all based on if I finish. Tell your neighbor, I just need to finish. I just need to finish. And the church needs to do a better job of celebrating those who are running in the race. We, we, that, that, Ali, I'm proud of you that you're running. I, I don't care if you're running at the same speed as me. I'm just glad that you're running. Shoot, we, 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 we got to pull toes. We got to pull nails. We got to pull all kinds of stuff to get folk to just start running. And we don't know how to celebrate folk. That's already running. I know you messed up, but you at least still running. They, they, they don't have to run fast. They don't have to be first. They just need to run until they finish. Watch this. Y'all ain't going to like me today. That means if you just stopped having sex outside of marriage yesterday, thank God you're running. I, I, I don't care if you stopped just 30 minutes ago and you walked in the church. Thank God you're running. Tell your neighbor, thank God you're running. I, I, I don't care if you just stopped cheating on your taxes this year. Thank God you're running. And if you just stopped cussing yesterday, I know you just stopped cussing. I know you just stopped. You just put the bottle down. I know you still just did it, but thank God you're running. And the church does not know how to celebrate folk that's running. We got to celebrate the folks that's running. Because watch this, your inability to celebrate another's running might just be the very reason that they run out of the race. I, I, when, when, when we can't celebrate the small steps, folks say, why well, I'm even stepping at all. If you can't celebrate that I made it to this marketplace, and you know what, I had to just take a break and get a little water. And, and get myself together before I get back. If we can't celebrate that, folk going to say, why did I even start running? And that's why you got folk that don't want to come to church today, because nobody could celebrate. 
that they were at least running. Tell your neighbor, celebrate that I'm running. How many believers have been found guilty of causing another to run out of this journey called faith? Because we failed to celebrate their running. Simply watch this. Because they were not running at our pace or in our place. What a sad tragedy. Consider again what our text says in verse 15 through 16. Y'all got to see this in the text. It says, for because of food, your brother is hurt. You are no longer walking according to love. But it says, do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken evil of. In other words, Paul is saying, don't use what you've run past to ruin somebody else. Because I've run past it, we think everybody else should have ran past it by now. Y'all know how y'all just just got it together. You just stopped sleeping with a whole bunch of women. And you feel like you can counsel everybody who's still sleeping with women. And then now that I don't counsel them, I condemn them. Because I feel like I've done run past something. And really what you're doing is ruining someone else's race. I need to be edified. I need to be edified. And, and what, what, what y'all got to catch me. Many of us have conquered some demons that other believers still struggle with. We've been set free from some sins that others still struggle with. And we've been, we've let go of some weights that others still struggle with. And watch this. We now use those weights that we've conquered to be as weapons to other believers. The very weights that we've cast off are now used as weapons against other believers connected in the body. What a sad tragedy, y'all. If, if I know that, I, that, I've, that I've, I've overcome some sins, overcome some struggles, overcome some demons, when I see another believer struggling with that other demon, I don't know if y'all ever seen this, but, but when I used to run track, if there was somebody that did, we, we would do what we call, um, we, we'll have our turn, y'all, so we'll have a group and we'll have to do a 400, and then there'll be another group behind us that have to do a lap around the track. That group that's finished would encourage the other group that's up next, right? So we encourage them, you're not here yet, but keep on running. And I, and I know we've got to get that in our spirit, even though you've run past it, encourage somebody to keep on running. <laughs> encourage somebody to keep on running. Therefore, negating our ability to to edify when we use our weights, our past weights, as weapons. And watch this. Too many believers are too quick to forget the sins that they used to fight against. It was a journey for you, and it's a journey for them. The good news is that they're still in the journey. Somebody say, I'm still running. This this is why the writer of Hebrews says this in the latter portion of Hebrews 12.1. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Watch this. In the natural, you can only endure a race that is appropriate uh, based upon the pace that it is appropriate for you. And you are placed in a line or in a lane or position in a place based upon who assigns you. I want you all to hear what I just said. I, I know all of us could probably do a lap around the track, but some people can run that lap around the track real fast. But if I want to survive the lap, not, not with, with how my diet set up and how I'm eating right now, I probably need to just go like this, y'all, so that, so that I can survive it. All right, so what I'm saying is it's the same way in the spiritual journey. 
I've got to know that I've got this pace that is appropriate for me. And watch this. For anybody who's ever run track, you don't get to pick the lane that you're in. They assign you a lane. And watch this. Many times they assign you a lane based on, like, if you ever made, I, I don't want to go too deep, but if you were in the prelims and you ran a certain time, they assign you a lane based on the time that you run. So I have no, I have no um, 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 say in what lane God puts me in. God says there's a pace for you and there's a place for you. And I've got to be okay with that. And I've got to celebrate somebody else's pace. I want, I want y'all to celebrate me. Somebody might be fast. Y'all just, just celebrate the pastor until he gets to the finish line. Amen. God has appointed our pace. Amen. And God has assigned our place. And our anointing to edify requires that we acknowledge another's journey. The next time, you be, before you ever counsel anybody in any sin, make sure you ask God, what's their pace like? I, I know that they just joined the church yesterday. Matter of fact, they just got saved about two weeks ago. They're not ready for revelation. They're not ready for the book of Daniel. They're not ready for all of that. Maybe, maybe let's just start with Mark, because you know that's the shortest gospel. All right, and let's not beat folk upside the head. They might need one scripture a day, one a week, one for the month. And, it, and we can be okay with that as long as, watch this, they're still running. They're still running. So I've got I, I, I've to acknowledge their journey. I've got to affirm their justification. I've got to acknowledge their journey and watch this, and I'm going to be out your way. Verse number 17 and 18 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who is in this way serves Christ is acceptable. Watch this to God and approved by men. Grace can begin when our assessment of others ends. We all want to bring people into the place of grace. And I can't walk in grace until your assessment and watch this, your faulty assessment of me ends. And when, when our assessments ends, another can be edified. Here's my third point. It has to be, if we want to edify one another, it has to be absent of judgment. Somebody say absent of judgment. That, that means someone's edification is waiting on your grace. And herein lies one of the reasons that many have failed to be edified because we judged them before we extended grace. And our anointing to edify requires the absence of our personal judgment. And here why God wants us to remove our judgment is because he's the only righteous judge. And where there's no righteousness, I can't judge rightly. Did y'all just hear what I just said? And matter of fact, God says, in this flesh dwells no good thing. He even says that my righteousness is as filthy rags. So if I don't have a level of righteousness, I can't judge righteously, rightly. And God says I'm the only righteous judge. Tell your neighbor, remove your judgment. Remove your judgment. And so the question we got to ask ourselves is how do we extend grace so that we can edify one another? Notice what Paul says again in verses 17 and 18. He says this. He says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. And peace. Somebody say peace. And joy. Somebody say joy. In the Holy Spirit. So our text says that it is righteousness 
peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Watch this. That makes one acceptable to God and approved by men. And, and that means grace and their edification begins when we point people to Christ rather than judge. Somebody say righteousness. Right. Too many times we point people to us because I'm the standard. I'm this standard that you should now follow because I've got to a place in this journey where people should look up to me. Somebody say the devil is a lie. I've, I've got to point people to Christ. That's the right where righteousness lays. And then I got to pray for people rather than judge them. Somebody say peace. Because they'll get no peace out of my judgment, but they'll get peace out of prayer. And this is the prayer. And prayer is the place that where peace comes that surpasses all understanding. Sometimes I don't need you to tell me about what I need to do with my wife. I just need you to pray. Because watch this. Me and my wife, she said this in her exhortation. She could not find any words to give me any level of direction for what I was dealing with. That was a place where she didn't need to say nothing, but where she needed to pray. Because that's where I find peace. And, and watch this. So I got to point people to Christ. I got to pray, pray for people rather than judge them. And watch this. I got to position people in his presence rather than judge. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. We want to point. We want to position people everywhere else other than in his presence. And hear this when we know that someone is pointing us to Christ, praying for us, and positioning us in his presence. Then we can be edified. We've got to stop pointing out people's problems and start pointing them to Christ. We, we, we good at pointing our problems. We, we, we good at looking at everything that's wrong with people rather than pointing them to Christ. And you, you, you think you just did your thing. You done had your Bible out. You done, you done gave them about 55 scriptures. They, they can't remember. They can't even remember five. And they were only looking for you to point them to Christ. Tell your neighbor, point me to Christ. And pointing them to Christ will cause them to be edified. And where there is no grace, watch this, it causes people to be bitter, bitter rather than build up. And this is why the English Standard Version of Hebrews 12, 15 declares, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. So the question we got to ask ourselves, who have I caused to grow bitter because I failed to extend them grace? There's some people that we've encountered that we caused to grow bitter because you had no ability and you denied them the grace that was due their name. Tell your neighbor, give me grace. And when we got to catch the revelation, watch this. The only reason we've been built up to where we are now is because of grace. It was because God didn't judge me the way that people judge me, but he extended grace. It's because when I thought that I was no good for my wife and, and, and she caught me in some mess, she extended me grace. Y'all know we got a problem with trying to prove ourselves right and we miss out on extending somebody grace. I'm so glad that my wife extended me grace because many times people in marriages grow bitter because there's no grace. Tell your neighbor, extend me grace, extend me grace. Absent of judgment, we grow by grace, but not by someone's judgment of us. And even more, watch this, where grace is, co is conceived, correction can be received. I want y'all to catch what I just said. Wherever the place of grace is conceived, then I'm in a posture now to receive correction. All right? 
I, I can now receive correction when grace has been extended me. Because as soon as you start yapping, 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 and no grace has been extended, I can't receive your correction. And there are times where correction is necessary for my growth. But the thing is, we come with correction before we come with grace. I need grace, y'all. That, that my, my wife's son was, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were over the house, and I came home after a long day. My wife saw me picking up clothes, and she said, look, my prayers work, y'all. No, it's not because your, your prayers work, girl. It's because you extended me grace. So I got my life together. I got I say, that daughter extended me grace. I better hurry up before this grace ran out. And and the problem is too many believers have made a habit of correcting other believers void of grace. And therefore, their correction, watch this, produce no growth. Don't correct me if you can't extend me grace. Because watch this, I'm not going to get it together right away. So I need something that's called a grace period. Thank God for the grace that my wife extends. Y'all pray that she continue to grow in grace. Grow in grace so she can handle me. Amen. And and James 4, 6 declares that God gives more grace. And as believers, we've been anointed to do likewise. Because our anointing to edify requires that we're absent of judgment. And And watch this. When you can extend grace, God will be able to give you the ability to rightly judge. Y'all, y'all caught what I just said? We quit the judge without the right, righteous judge telling us how to judge. So God says, because you've extended them grace, I'll now tell you how to handle them in the right way. I'm telling y'all, some of y'all having problems in marriages, relationships, extend grace first and ask God to give you the wisdom about how now to handle them. It's going to help y'all. It helped our house. All right. And watch this. Man, I'm coming to a close. Many believers have been successful in building buildings, but have failed at building believers, edifying them. And, and this is where we get our, 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 our natural word, edifice. This thing, in edifice, we talk about beautiful edifices, but God is saying, I need an edifice in this personal body. And we're called to build one another up. Acts 7.48 reminds us of this. The Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. That's why you got some folk, they got some big old buildings, but the folk in there jacked up. You got, you got some beautiful churches and you walk in, oh, this thing's so nice. But the believers in there are not built up. I don't want to take us into a beautiful edifice and the personal edifices are not built up. Because at some point, somebody, and watch this, when I seen folk that got into beautiful buildings and the people weren't built up, they lose the beautiful edifice. So we can walk into something and think it's God. And God is saying the people that are in there are not built up. And you'll lose that beautiful edifice. So, so that means we've spent much of our energy and efforts erecting buildings when our anointing was given to edify believers. God desires to dwell in us. And he's looking for edified believers. Do y'all catch the weight of that? That God says, I'm responsible for building up Miss Alvera in a way that it's a suitable dwelling place for God. Many of us just focus on ourselves. 
And God is saying, I need you to edify another believer. Build them up that I might dwell there. And while this is a personal endeavor by every believer, yeah, you should build up your own edifice, but it's also promoted by the body. And watch what verse 20 of our foundational text says. Do not destroy the work of God. Too many of us have been found guilty of destroying that which God desired to dwell in. Somebody said one another. We, we've destroyed one another because I couldn't edify them. I walked, Because you looked at me a certain way last Sunday, I can't look at you this Sunday. Because you didn't hug me the right way, I don't want you hugging me today. And we wonder why we've destroyed one another in the body of Christ. I can't even talk to the one that I sit next to and I worship with. We've destroyed one another. We've been getting, and watch this. I want y'all to hear this. The Bible says that, that he's faithful, that he's going to complete this good work that he started in us. He said there's this good work that he wants to complete. He wants to finish it. And we're responsible for helping God finish it. There's a good work in us out there. That's a good work in Deacon Ronnie. That's a good work in my wife. And we're responsible as a body to help God complete that good work. How many of us have torn down? Watch this. The Bible says you destroy the very work of God. What a weight that God has given us. And we've been called to edify one another, affirm another's justification, acknowledge another's journey, and do so void of judgment so that we might be edified, a suitable dwelling place for I want to pray for somebody, somebody that says I've been beat up by the church, I feel beat up by life, I feel like I'm not even suitable for God to dwell in. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Somebody has had some bad experience with some church folk. I thought they were going to build me up, but they beat me up. I don't even feel like a suitable somebody that you've been called to edify. Father, help us edify one another. God, thank you for the great task that you've given us to build one another. God, that they might be made a suitable dwelling place for you. Father, many of us have destroyed the work of God. And God, we repent now. God, if we looked at our neighbor the wrong way, if we, if we looked at them side eye, God, said something that was out of line and it beat them up, God, rather than build them up. God, forgive us, we pray. God, let us affirm their justification. We don't care what they look like. We don't care what their background come from. God, we don't care what their family lineage look like. God, as long as they've called upon your name and they've confessed, God, they're clean. They've been justified. And we'll affirm that over their life. God, let us acknowledge your journey, God. Many of us are all in this journey together. God, matter of fact, God, the Bible declares that because of this great cloud of witnesses, God, we watch one another. God, we encourage one another. We celebrate one another in the journey. God, somebody may be at the finish line and somebody may have just begun. But God, we celebrate them even the more. God, that they can come to the finish line as well. God, so if they stop doing something that was not like you on yesterday, on last week, 
even just even the, the very hour that just passed. We celebrate them because they're running. Thank God they're running. And God, we even pray, God, that we know um, that, 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 that God, you, you want us to do it void of judgment. God, let us pull our personal judgment out of the way. And God, you're the only righteous judge. And we're resting that, God, we pray. We want to build one another up. We want to help complete this good work that you've started. This good work, God, that has begun. Let us help finish it, God. Let us be in this journey together to build one another up. We thank you. We adore you. And we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.